having an AI champion that sits inside the organization that can build trust across their peers and also with the folks below goes a really long way. Welcome uh, to Lead Tell TV uh, here, Kim and, and Marla. I'm very excited to be with you and uh, talk with you about some really hot topics. Talk about your company, talk about marketing, and all of my favorite topics all wrapped into one. Um, we're, we're coming live from a lot of different places this time. Um, you know, we've got, I think, Austin and uh, where was it again, Marla? Sorry. Connecticut. Connecticut, that's right. And so, uh, and so we've got uh, different, uh, different uh, weather systems coming at all of you <laughs> who are listening in, um, but we're all here uh, focused on a really, really bunch of neat topics. Anyway, welcome both of you. Thanks for having us, Brian. And by the way, I think we need to also recognize that um, while while two of us are podcast veterans, Marla, this is her first podcast, so you have to go easy uh, on her and uh, and welcome her into like the podcast realm fold here. Marla, this is exciting. <laughs> I get to be with you on your very first podcast. I'm excited. Me too. I'm so excited to be here. <laughs> this is such a treat. Okay, so then all the questions start with you. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, we'll, we'll take it easy on you. Uh, all right. So I'm going to just jump right in. Um, you know, one of the things that I know and you know is that there's a hot topic going around in marketing these days. You know, we're talking about AI and it seems like or it may seem like this technology burst onto the scene just like, I don't know, automation and SEO and SEM and heck, let's go as far back as demand generation generation, um, you know, back when people actually mailed things to people. But now we've got AI. Um, tell us, uh, and Kim, I'll start with you. Tell us about how AI has been a part of your strategy in the past and how its new ubiquity has impacted your planning for 24 and, and beyond. Well, so I think we should even go further back in history on this because AI, as you may or may not know, has been around for longer than any of us on this call. Like in 1954, um, Marvin Minsky and Alan, Alan Newell were at the Dartmouth Conference. 1954, that's a long time ago. We have gone through so many waves of AI. I mean, I started in the semiconductor and data center space in about 2013. And since then, like I already have gone through, I think this is my third wave now of the AI hype. And I mean, Watson won Jeopardy, I think 2007. So we've been talking about natural language processing, deep learning, machine learning for a long time, right? In 2015, we were all concerned about like the surveillance you know, aspects. Then we started talking about how AI is gonna become like systems of discrimination. Then with the pandemic, it kind of fell off again. We stopped talking about it. And all of a sudden, it's back in a real way. And I like to call it the age of AI everywhere. And so when I was working on building a GPU accelerated server with IBM and talking to folks about AI, I was talking to data scientists. I was talking to people that were 
you know, really technically savvy, HPC-like, right? High performance computing-like in the way that they thought about um, AI. That's no longer the case. Now, CMOs are having the conversation and, um, and you know, every other functional leader. Customer success is thinking about AI on a daily basis. And not only that, like we've democratized it so much that I'm using it and you're using it in our personal life, right? I planned my summer trip using ChatGPT, which, you know, five years ago would have felt like it was impossible, but now it's just at your fingertips. So I think it's a really interesting time that we've gotten to this point where AI is really like we're in a hype cycle, but it's also, it feels different because it's ubiquitous. It's AI everywhere. And so it re we really are at a point now, instead of just talking about use cases, because I used to say, if I'm talking to a client who hasn't even figured out their use case, whether that's fraud detection or, you know, marketing automation or personalization, then there's no way that they're going to actually be using AI at scale or in production anytime soon. You might see some got like data scientists kicking the tires um, of a server under a desk, like rogue AI experiments, but you weren't going to see it at scale or in production. And now I'm excited to say like, we're at, we're, I, well, maybe we're not at scale yet. We're getting there, but we are like in production. We're using AI. We're thinking about it every day as part of our, our marketing journey at Zao. And, and so it really has become a core piece. Like our goal this year is efficient growth. Um, we've really been, we've had a good path the last couple years of driving top line growth at Zao. We're seeing a lot of, you know, focus on how do we get more efficient and how do we continue to drive efficient growth? And AI really plays a huge opportunity in us making that objective a reality. And so it really has come into play in, in everything that we're doing in terms of how we we think about the impact that marketing can have and how can we do more with less. Mm. I love it. More with less. And, you know, there's this um, thing and we're, we'll get into this a little bit with, um, you know, where it's at now and, and um, you know, how, how much it can do versus how much should it do um, and, and all the other questions that I'm, I'm very interested in. Um, but Marla, first, I want to get your take. Yeah. So as you mentioned, AI really exploded in 2023. And Kim and I differ in the sense that she has so much background in AI. I mean, you hear her talking about what she did in the space 10 to 15 years ago. Um, but for most of us, it just wasn't something that was readily at our fingertips, right? So for me, when ChatGPT exploded in 2023, I didn't let myself have this period of uncertainty or um, distrust with it. I just really jumped right in. And it really has been an integral part of our strategy this past year. Um, myself, my team, we used it in many, many different ways. Um, deciphering long form text, right? Kim and I work in telecom and there is a lot of information and data. And so suddenly having this AI assistant was kind of game changing for us. Um, it spit out takeaways in seconds, whereas in the past that would have taken us hours to get through. So um, you know, we used it for social media, we used it for editing, just clearing writer's block. And so 2023 was a really big year. We really used it. It was a huge part of our strategy, but looking into 2024 and beyond, 
Um, I'm just excited, like Kim mentioned, to scale and be more effective and be more productive. Um, and one thing I'm really looking forward to is we are implementing an AI for content specific tool. Um, this is going to kind of be leagues above ChatGPT. One feature is called a knowledge base. And I'm so, so excited to implement this because we can upload information you know, that I have in my head. I've worked for Zayo for five years and I've learned so much about the industry, about our company. And ChatGPT doesn't have that knowledge, right, that we have. So uploading all of this, our company overviews, our exec overviews, our brand voice and tone, you name it, the tool then has that knowledge. And I think that's really, really special. And that's going to be a huge part of our strategy for this year, because suddenly we're not going to just be creating more content, but we're also creating better content um, and it will require less time, less human optimization, and we're going to run a bigger, better, do more with less content engine. So really excited for that this year. Wow. Oh my God. Uh, so it's, you know, you're, you're, you're keeping kind of record uh, uh, without having to be redundant uh, as you move forward. How, how, give me an example of how that might play out. Um, like when you talk about content or in another way, like what, how can that be beneficially used in the future, given it knows now the context of what you just said? Well, I think one big thing I mentioned, this is human optimization, right? So if AI is giving you an end result, you need to get in there and you need to make sure that it's accurate, that it's speaking about your products correctly in the right tone, in the right brand voice. Once it has that knowledge, it cuts that down. And so now you're spending less time optimizing all of these uh, AI generated content pieces and more time being strategic, creative, working on the next content piece, um, personalizing it for different audiences. So I think there's just a huge impact um, in productivity there. Wow. And that's probably just the tip of the iceberg because it has so much information built in. Um, it, yeah, there's, there's a lot of different ways that you can use that. Um, I know, you know, uh, Kim, you talked about before doing more with less and that this kind of parlays into that, I think a, a, a little bit, oh, yeah. uh, but how, how have you found generative AI helpful in fulfilling that mandate or do you see this like how do you where do you see it heading in that area so you know i think it's really important and one of the things that marla and i and really the reason that we are even together on this podcast is because we have to break down the misunderstanding that ai is going to take your job away in marketing and and so i mm. brought marla in um and and had her kind of voluntold, <laughs> helped her raise her hand um, to be our AI champion. Because I think what's really important is that when that mandate is coming down from the top, it makes people nervous. And, and when it's coming from the top and the middle leadership, it, it calms some fears that, that people have around, this is a supercharger, this is a superpower. So yes, we can do more with less, but it's not because AI is going to help get us to less, if that makes sense. It's, um, it's really adding on the accelerator to the team and the resources and the budget that we currently have um, and, and supercharging it. And so we're really thinking of it in that way. 
And we had to remove that roadblock and change that mentality that you should be scared to leverage AI because it's gonna take your job. Instead, like the message that I want people to understand and, and Marla helps do this just by being in this role is that AI is gonna actually help you get your next job, right? Because the people that understand and know how to use AI will be fundamentally critical to a business and leadership roles going forward. And, um, and this is a tool that is not just a nice to have, but it, you have to be able to use it. And if you're not willing as a leader to, to you know, open your mind and take on that challenge and try something new and learn to think differently about technology, you're gonna be left behind. Not because AI is gonna replace your job, but because if you're not using AI and you don't feel comfortable and you can't you know, accelerate your work with it, like you're gonna get left behind. Um, so I think it's a big mind like shift for people in terms of how do we think about this tool? And so for us, that's, that's really important when we think about our strategy is how do we help people understand this is an accelerator or an augment, not a replacement vehicle. Mm. I thank you. I, I love that so much. And it, you know, you really have uh, people just um, really concerned right now uh, because they're thinking, well, you know, where do I put the emphasis in my career uh, so that five, 10 years from now I'm relevant? We've always thought that, but now it's a totally different realization that maybe I, if I don't do it, uh, then I'm going to get left behind in a much greater way. I'm curious and I'm, you know, Mar Marla, I'm curious to start with you on this one, which is what do you think those skill sets might be uh, around the AI part, maybe with this tool or, or with other tools uh, or other ways, like what is that knowledge base that you think, at least for right now that we can tell, cause it, you know, who knows, we didn't even have open AI wasn't it that we had Watson, but people didn't have access to Watson. So now all right. of a sudden we have access to open AI and, and we're wondering, you know, what, what will the, what could we do um, to upgrade our skill set within at least this area? Yeah. Well, first of all, let me go back and say that even if Kim didn't tell me to do this, I would have, you know, raised my hand because the stuff is so cool. And like Kim mentioned, this is the future. Um, and I truly do think that AI won't replace humans, but people that understand AI will replace those that don't. So um, just wanted to mention that. But I think from a skill set perspective, um, I think problem solving and learning quickly and pivoting quickly is is going to be critical. Um, I think we've all seen with chat GPT, you give it a prompt and it spits out something completely, you know, terrible and, and it, it's not even a good starting it point. It lies to you sometimes. It lies. <laughs> yeah, it wrote me a really interesting bio one time that was like, <laughs> I don't know, said I was CMO of some other company. But yeah, so there's a lot of information bias and uh, hallucinations. But I do think, you know, problem solving and looking for that stuff and continuing to grow and understand and learn and just trial and error, like you need to have patience. Like this is not something that is completely, um, you know, running perfectly and it's, it takes time and it, it's a lot of trial and error. So I think patience, I think problem solving, 
I think attention to detail, I think those are all skills that will be really, really uh, important as we're rolling out AI. Um, and then also just like researching, right? We've looked at so many different tools. We've tried so many different tools um, and thinking about how they can fit in with your initiatives, right? I'm really focused on content, but there are so many AI specific tools that can help with data and analytics, um, A-B testing, uh, website, chatbot, things like that. And so I think just really uh, making making sure you have the bigger picture and that skill and not being like too honed in on one specific aspect, I think is is probably a really strong skill that, that people should look for. Well, I think too, and I think you demonstrate this perfectly, Marla, is having a growth mindset, right? Being curious and like using that curiosity to fuel the growth and development in this space because everything is so new and nascent here. Um, and yes, it's AI everywhere, but it's kind of like also AI unleashed everywhere, right? We just, it's not like, we don't exactly know what works and what doesn't. I mean, shoot, OpenAI didn't even publish a guide to prompting until a year after they launched the tool. So I think like continuing, just like Marla said, right, being willing to get in there and trial and error and pilot, but I think also getting getting good at prompting is going to distinguish like the people who can accelerate versus the people that are just dabbling um, or, you know, kicking those tires because the ability to prompt well is the difference between getting at least baseline close to where you want to go, whether that's a knowledge and information or it's a content generation but if you prompt poorly, like that's not, you know, the AI's fault. That's the, that's the user's fault. So mm -hmm. getting really good at prompting and spending time using OpenAI's guide. Also, you know, following people on LinkedIn and in other places like Twitter, I guess. Is Twitter still a thing anymore? I don't know. Um, <laughs> but, um, you know, following people that are spending their time in this space can help you uncover. I think I sent Marla a couple weeks ago, this like LinkedIn post that I saw on a, a prompt of how to write a Ted talk. And this prompt was, you know, 50 lines of prompting so specific. And like the output was phenomenal. And I never would have thought, to like change my mindset around prompting in that way. And I took away, you know, three things in terms of how I prompt that has already changed fundamentally the output. So that growth mindset plus like getting good at prompts, I think is really what's going to distinguish the people that can, um, you know, leverage AI to accelerate their career versus the ones that will be left behind. Well, and I think him on that, just like staying curious, right? And using it not just for your everyday job, but getting out there and, and using it and just getting better. Um, I have to admit, I I use ChatGPT a little bit while I was prepping for this, right? You guys know it's my first podcast. <laughs> and Kim, you sent me that, you know, TED Talk prompt. And so it felt a little weird to use AI to prep myself to talk about AI, but, um, you know, it's kind of the future and just... I use it in my everyday life and it makes me better at my job every day. Mm. Yeah. Isn't that funny? Um, you know, it's, uh, it's nice cause you, you really do have a uh, 24 seven support, which humans can't 
possibly uh, you know fulfill you you know being a human at, at mass scale is the toughest thing possible um, and yet at the same time um, there is this piece of uh, humanity and um, and a piece of you know things like fear that machines don't have heck emotions let's call it uh, and uh, and so you know these are the things that play into um, you know the things that we we purchase the reason for why we buy is is to fulfill something and a need or a desire um, a gap or something that we need to do um, but to to get to these places we have to build trust with with our team another emotion i think i think trust is an emotion at least that's how i have described it um how how do you got how do you both believe that you can build trust with your team as you, you start to implement ai technology well like i was saying i mean having marla in this champion role has been a huge trust booster across our team and it's one of the things that i recommend to you know my cmo friends when they ask like how how do i get started is assign an AI champion inside your organization. Um, otherwise, it's just too top down. It's too much of a mandate. It feels like truly an efficiency play, which yes, that's the goal, right? But like, but it's, it's an accelerator more than just a efficiency play. And I think by having an AI champion that sits inside the organization that can build trust across their peers and also with the folks below, goes a really long way and, and letting them feel part of that, that process. I think that Marlo, you should talk about that. Cause I think it's super interesting of how you brought your team in who you had some naysayers on your team, some, some fear, fear mongering, but you really did a great job of bringing them in to the process and letting them be part of tool selection and, and learning and growing with you instead of you dictating what that looks like. Yeah, I did. I had, you know, somebody on my team talk to me specifically about how she thought maybe her role wouldn't be a role in a few years because of all of the content created by generative AI. Um, and so one thing that I did to build trust, and Kim mentioned this, is I never worked alone in researching, trying out tools. Um, I never told the team what we were doing. I brought them all in to test, communicate what they think, um, and just be really part of the process. So at the end of the day, any decision to onboard an AI tool was a collective team effort versus a mandate from myself or Kim. Um, and I just think it's really important. And there's a sense of building trust and confidence through participation um, and not just being on the outside and being told what to do. So Together, we took a few months and we worked together to create a shared vision of how we can adopt AI to align with our team's vision and to really um, make everybody better at what they do by kind of freeing them up a little bit. And it really, it created a world of difference. And we're really close to getting our AI content platform kind of pushed over through legal and so we can actually start using it. And every day the team is like, are we there? Are we ready? And there's so, so much excitement. And it's because they were all part of the process. Oh, wow. You know that, that uh, it's, it's, you guys have adopted, you both have adopted a model that I haven't heard, of, heard about before in this area. Um, you, there's so much hesitancy 
and when in pulling back um, from uh, giving this, uh, you know, everybody's looking at AI as the next solution, and yet they're not giving it the the full attention and, and a position, uh, a, a person that can champion the whole thing through an organization. It's like, you know, yeah, you know, we 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 put a content marketing person in place, or we put a uh, you know demand gen person in place, and now this is the the next evolution of of what things are going to be looking like is you can't do any of those other things eventually i think within i don't know how long uh without this it's such a pivotal position and it didn't dawn on me until you both just spoke that so right on how exciting and and how cool that it's going to be coming up i know kim you've written extensively about the importance of keeping human connections and relationships central in marketing strategy which is a uh, piece of my heart uh, since I, I wrote a book called Human to Human. And I know that it's one of the things that I hope and, and I'm a believer, big believer in that it, it stay, stays around for a long, long time. How do you think that AI is enhancing that human connectedness? So right now, I think it's still finding its way, um, to be honest, right? Because at the end of the day, the human connection starts with putting the customer at the center of marketing. And so we have to be really cautious that like we don't use AI as a means for AI, right? That's it's not we're not doing AI for the sake of AI. We're doing AI so that we can be better marketers. And that means that the customer is front and center. So we still need to be data driven, right? I'm a data junkie, let's be honest, right? And um, and that, you know, data gives us the insights that are necessary, but that can't be the only thing that matters. Um, we have to be like B2B as much as like, you know, we believe that it's an unemotional buying cycle. It's super emotional. Your job is on the line. You've got a million dollar, you know, purchase that you're about to make. Like you, you can get fired for that. You can get promoted for that. And so there's a lot more emotion in B2B than I think we give B2B credit for. And so we have to be really careful when we think about AI because there are elements of AI that can make us have better human connected experience with our customers. Um, we just implemented an AI chatbot on our website, for example. That's going to fundamentally help us in terms of getting more information, connecting more quickly than a human could, and, and be able to, to help us as marketers identify higher intent leads or opportunities through our website. So that's a way, but again, it's not AI for the sake of AI. We came with a human-centered problem, which was we're losing people in our website. Like we're not, you know, our chatbot was just, it was too static and it really wasn't interacting with customers or prospects in the way that we felt our brand should represent. And so by implementing the new view of that tool, we're able to drive much higher intent in terms of um, understanding, like we don't wanna be calling on people that are just in the investigative stage, right? We wanna be calling on people because they're ready, they've done that 80% of their research and they're ready to have that conversation to, to make a decision. We have a very complex and long sales cycle. So that's how we really start with thinking about what are the right AI solutions, whether that's the content tool that Marla's talking about or our chat bot or the tools that we we want to implement for PR and communications as well. And um, it all has to come back to the customer. 
and how can technology amplify our customer centricity? And so that's really, I think, at the end of the day, like how we have to to stay human connected and human centered. Otherwise, people just become a number and we're just throwing an AI chatbot or AI tool at something. And the next thing we know, we've lost all that connection with our customers. And, you know, we don't have a sense of the emotional journey that they're on and how we can help them solve their problems. Amen. Amen. Yeah, it's kind of, it's humans and technology, not or. Right. Uh, working right. together to solve a problem and putting the right place in the right person or the right thing in the right place. And I love that uh, with alongside, and I, I think you're relate, re, relating to this or alluding to this, which is that you're not replacing the human touch points, you're exactly. enhancing them. You're creating yeah. a better uh, engaged conversation at the right time in the right place. And Heck, I mean, who doesn't want that? That's that's like the mecca for every CMO to, to be able right. to create. Like, yes, please, more. Uh, Marla, do you have any um, additional thoughts around kind of the human uh, connectedness nature and where it's going and how, how we might be able to, you know, do more of that? Yeah, well, I think, I mean, we've all been on those like automated phone calls, right, where you have the AI voice talking to you and they can't quite understand what you want and you're yelling like talk to a human, right? So I think um, implementing all of these, like the AI chatbot Kim was talking about, I think these are all great things, but at the end of the day, you need the humans to make sure that they're functioning correctly. And you can't just implement your AI strategy and then let it go because we're still all learning. Um, so it, just making sure that you're, you know, putting that human touch on it, you're uh, iterating, you're making it better. And so you're not sending your customers into that loop of them yelling that they want to talk to a human. I, I think that's really important is just making sure that you're uh, consistently evaluating uh, anything and making it better uh, every single day. And I want to circle back on something that I mentioned before in passing, but just that I think is really important and kind of, you know, dovetails with what Marla was just saying. But there's a real, I do have, I don't have a lot of fear mongering around AI, right? I think it's time. I think we're ready. I think it's going to accelerate. But I do have a little bit of fear still around who is building the models who is responsible for cleaning the data? Who is like, how, like, are these going to become systems of discrimination? Where does that bias live? And, you know, we can do a lot on our side to make sure that we're implementing it in the right ways for our organization. But there's a lot of trust that we have to have in these companies that are developing. Because again, like we are now at the stage where like, I don't have to be developing the large language model in order to implement AI. I'm now trusting OpenAI, um, Google, Bing, who, you know, you name it, right? Um, and I have to trust that these companies have diversity in the, in the staff that's building these models. I have to have, you know, trust that they're doing the right things to make sure that that data is legitimate and not biased. Mm. I can do things that are in my control, but now there's like this inherent trust mm -hmm. that I have to have that before, you know, in 2013 and 14 and 15, when I was talking about, you know, building an 
on-prem AI capability. I was talking about companies about making sure that they didn't build a large language model with discrimination and bias. <laughs> but yeah. now I have to trust these big companies. And I like, I don't know if I do yet. There's a lot of like white males that I see in this industry. Mm. And I do have a little bit of fear that, you know, we are going to be, we're going to have some bias built in. So I'm hoping that we can continue as AI everywhere continues to proliferate and people like Marla, myself, and others who are championing this inside their organizations can put pressure on the people who are building the models to, to ensure that they don't become systems of discrimination at the end of the day. Uh, anything, anything that you want to leave everybody with? I'll just kind of leave that to you both. Uh, anything, last parting words that you want to share? I mean, I think from my perspective, and then I'll let Marla wrap it up as the, the official AI champion, but I would just encourage every CMO, I mean, I would assume that most CMOs at this point are thinking about AI, but I would encourage every CMO to find a Marla, right? To find their Marla and, and ensure that they've got someone inside their organization who is willing to adopt that growth mindset and, and drive the change management and the adoption inside the org. Like it can't be done with a top-down mentality. So that's my you know word of wisdom is find your Marla. <laughs> Everyone should be as lucky as me. <laughs> that's the new hashtag. Uh, we're gonna find, find, hashtag find your Marla. <laughs> I appreciate that. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, that's great. <laughs> Um, I would say my my advice or words of wisdom is don't let it intimidate you. I think AI is such a you know broad, vast topic and it feels really daunting and it's super fun. Just dive in, ask questions, take courses, read. There's so much literature out there um, and trial and error. Try things um, and don't be afraid to break things or make mistakes or not do it right. Um, I, I think that's my biggest thing is just get out there, get your hands dirty. And, um, and the more you do that, the better you'll be. Amen. Well, well said. And, uh, and thank you both so much for spending time, time with here on, on Leadtail TV and, and, and with myself. And I can't wait to see this new tool that you guys, that you have. I, is, I suppose, is this something you have to be a customer to try or, uh, how, how does that work? Yeah. So we are a customer. Um, we're using a platform called Gasper. And so we, we tested out tons of different platforms, um, and kind of landed on this one. So, so yeah, stay tuned. We'll be creating some, uh, blogs on our LinkedIn as we kind of dive into this journey. Cool. Well, I can't wait. I'm looking forward to, uh, to more and I appreciate you both being here. Thank you so much.